If you had guessed what was just about to happen, I would give you a million dollars. Hello and welcome to the Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Cambo and I'm your host, but joining me as always is Mr. Eden Porter. Thank you for having me. Now, we are halfway through. This is part two mm. of the historical epic crusade. So, if you haven't listened to part one, make sure you do that first. But if it's a little fuzzy in the mind, here's a recap. A horseman suddenly appears, galloping towards the abbey. He's hidden under a peasant's cloak, but his unmistakably large muscles can be seen underneath. <laughs> this is Hagen. Okay, so Hagen, actually uh, brother mm. of our villain. That this Emmett guy, he's the bad. Hagen, I am the bailiff of this abbey, and I condemn you to hang for the crime of faith. <laughs> it seemed like maybe an, an unlikely friendship is oh. I think we've got a sidekick, and he scrapes his back against the burning hot metal, right, across his back, straight down, and then across his arms, a giant burnt crucifix into the back of Hagen, screaming to themselves and crossing, it's a sign from God, it's a sign from God. Hagen is then taken to a private audience with the Pope. The Pope decides instead of being hung, he will fight for God. Hagen of the miraculous cross, they call him using the axe handle as a baseball bat, proceeds to smash Emic in the side of the head, crushing the helmet and dislocating and shattering um, Emic's jaw. All the other ships, they can't see them. They thought we were all traveling together on one big boat. They've been sold to Muslim slavers. You'll be trained for the personal bodyguard. And the princess Leela is uh, sitting with her father while suitors send gifts to impress her. Sheba tells Leela that they must see the latest slave. He's a giant of a man. He sees her in the corner. They share a moment together. Now, let's get back into the film. We cut back to the fallen city of Antaroch. Dead bodies are lined everywhere. The, the Crusaders have done their work. They've purged every one of their sins. Emic and his men speak of the starving army of the Crusaders. This, this march has really taken its toll on the army. Everyone is starving. Emic mentions, I see no shortage of meat in Antaroch. I see ewes that carry ample flesh and tender lambs still fattening at the nipple. He's talking about the Muslim civilians. Oh, my God. This guy. Cut to a pot cooking up a stew with crusaders huddled around it, greedily eating their portions. And a human jawbone is visible amongst the broth. <laughs> this is... Uh, We're straight back into it, Cam. <laughs> this, this, this reminds me of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Saying, Meat's back on You're the, the menu, menu, boys. <laughs> there, is, there is a lot. There's a few things later on as well that oh, is really? very Return of the King-esque. It, uh, I'm so interested to know, because th this... As far as I know, this was quite a, a famous production and a troubled production, which we'll get mm. into a little bit later. But obviously, the script has made the rounds, and how many just little bits and pieces people have kind of have cut, cut pick, and picked point, away, yeah. It, uh, yeah. like of the like vultures just picking. We up often the we saw that with Alien as well. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of those things got reused. But so it's th funny because that got reused in the same franchise. Mm. But it's interesting to see because this is not have a franchise anything attached yep. to it. People may have just kind of pick and picked and chosen little bits here and there and just put them into their own films. 100%. 100%. Now we're with Godfrey, who's actually a noble knight amongst the Crusaders. He denounces this savagery. However, the priests tell him that if we restore Jerusalem to its kingdom, God will forgive everyone 
of all their sins. Antioch, wherein preached St. Peter and St. Paul is restored to Christ. Months of siege are now rewarded by peace and the restoration of order. Let us now pray for further victories. Bishop, how can our prayers be answered until we have purged ourselves of those who have committed heinous sins? Count Godfrey, this is not the time nor place for such declarations. I believe God has limits to what he allows in his name. What he has done to innocent civilians, he must be disavowed of his oaths and cast from this crusade. Can you deny that cruel acts are a fact of war? We ravage lands and leave death and destruction, yet we are favored with victory. Is it not proof that because our goal is just, the Lord forgives our actions? Denounce his savagery, cast him from us. We can't afford to lose him. We can't afford to fail. The Lord alone will judge us. If we restore Jerusalem to his kingdom, God will forgive what we have done for his cause. Hear that, men? Whatever we do, he'll forgive us. Yeah. That a, doesn't bode well. No, that is a dangerous precedent to, yes. uh, <laughs> to set when you basically say you can do whatever you want. God will forgive us. Because God will forgive you as long as the, the end justifies the means, as it were. Well, it's funny, two very religious films back to back as well. Last film we mm. analyzed was Gladiator 2, yep. but also even before that we talked about Alien 3. And that had religious overtones Reli- as well. Now, we'll just say this isn't a religious podcast <laughs> anyway. We'll just put that out that there right just, now. That just happens to us. <laughs> We're going to cut back to the inner courtyard of the governor of Jerusalem. Yeah? Ifekaha. The governor paces back and forth. The elite of Jerusalem are all around him. They speak of how are we going to how are we going to defend ourselves against this mighty crusader horde? They argue about the best way to protect the city. Dukak of Damascus, a repulsive elephant of a man, lounges in a corner. He says, he is an army of horsemen and archers only a day's ride away, but he, he will only send for them if he gets something in return. The compensation for his men is Eben's daughter, Layla. Oh, no. Yes. They want the hand in marriage. Okay, so I okay. see how this is all coming together. Now. Yes, exactly. Now the governor, he sees he sees no issue with this. He's like, if it's going to protect Jerusalem, let's do it. But Ibn, he insists that his daughter's hand should not just be given away. Yeah? So he says, no, we've got another choice. A choice is democracy. And, and he will go and he will compromise with the invaders and he will talk to them because everyone should be able to worship at Jerusalem. Hagen wakes up in the middle of the night. He grabs a rope and he leaves his servant quarters. He sneaks out, he makes his way up to the roof. He skillfully makes his way towards the wall, but he finds himself looking down on a bedchamber. Yes, it is the princess's bedchamber. He stares down at her. He's captivated watching her sleep. A little bit creepy. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> she suddenly opens her eyes and sees him against the night sky. It'd be hard to miss. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> he turns his back into the shadows and decides maybe he won't escape right now. Maybe he's going to wait a little longer. Oh, he makes his way back. He's smitten. Yeah, he's, oh, he is smitten. He makes his way back to his servant's quarter and he lies down on his bed when suddenly he hears a rap at the window. Al Hagen, the Princess Leela sent me. The Princess sent you? <laughs> yes, to be with you. She says you are lonely, that you wander like a tomcat in the night. Is it not so? 
Who are you? I am Sheba. I am an odalisk. <laughs> I am schooled in the way of pleasure, Alhagen. The princess knows that I too am sometimes very lonely, and she has curiosity about you. Curiosity? It is only through me that she can know of men, by what I say of the way you feel, of your strength. Are you sorry she has curiosity about you? No. May I stay with you? If you send me away, the princess will weep. And if you stay, she will be happy? Yes, she would hear of our pleasure and rejoice in it. You people are very different from us. Perhaps not so different as you think. <laughs> what a what a predicament <laughs> Hagen has found himself in. Does he disappoint the woman that he loves by sending away? Oh boy, that's that okay? Man, real Sophie's choice. Let's uh, let's unpack that scene. Yeah, go. Uh, <laughs> okay, we need a. Keep in mind, this was the early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I the guess. early 90s. This was fine. This is fine then. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the liberation of women in Hollywood was some... Years oh, off. 20 years yeah. later. Uh, <laughs> it seems gratuitous, but that is very much in the wheelhouse of a Paul Verhoeven I movie, feel like it? they have those scenes. That we, yeah. You think back to Total, Total Recall, yeah. another one, where they have that. They have those the scenes. The gratuitous sexualized scene. scene yes. That's that. Right. Okay. And there, and there it is. There it and is. it's not even with it's not even with the princess. No, that, that's the, that's the weird because in a way you're kind of like Hagen's like he's he's getting a victory here. But it's it's kind of weirdly not satisfying because it's not the woman that you want him to be with. You want him to kind of be with, with the, princess. the princess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's, I feel about that scene. It's a, it's a strange scene. Yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> that's why I wanted to highlight it. Yeah. <laughs> Really pointed out. <laughs> okay, back into it. Everyone awakes to a bustling courtyard. The Crusaders are marching on Jerusalem. Ari's heading out with Eben to be part of the peace mission to the Crusaders, while Hagen is asked to be part of the Royal Guard protecting Leela as she's transported to her brother's estate for safety. Hagen and the guard ride two days out of town and they set camp with the princess. Just to be clear, geography-wise, so Hagen is now escorting the princess with Ari, yep. and they are going no, to- No, 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 no. Ari has gone with Eben, which is the princess's dad, yep. to negotiate peace with the yep. Crusaders. And Hagen has been charged with protecting the princess as they leave Jerusalem to go to um, uh, another city for protection. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So they've gone in different directions. They've yep. both left Jerusalem. Now, they're two days out of town, but during the night as they set up camp, Dukak- one of the evil assassins, Javat, and his men have sent out to capture the princess because if he's not getting her hand in marriage, he's going to kidnap her. They go into the camp at night. They make their way towards Leela's tent. They start cutting the throats of guards along the way. They cut open her tent. Sheba jumps up at them, scared and, and freaked out. They cut open the tent to find Sheba standing there, screaming her lungs out. They stab her in the gut oh, no. and she falls to the ground dead. They throw her aside and then they grab the princess as she's kicking and screaming. Leela's yelling out for Hagen. I reckon someone's going to stop this. Well, let's just see what happens. Hagen awakes. He hears the screams. He rushes towards the princess's tents. 
<laughs> Imagine he's making that noise. He makes his way towards them. He sees her being dragged off, put onto a horse. He starts spearing assassins left and right, smashing their faces into each other this time. <laughs> Which is classic. Um, then he suddenly hit from behind with an iron pot and he slammed to the ground. Again, unconscious. unconscious. It's his favourite move. It Beat is. people up, then go unconscious. <laughs> now, Javat smiles down at him. He knows just what to do with this infidel. Now, question for Cambo. What do you think they're going to do to him? I think that he might recognise him. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, he may, I, I don't know whether he's shirtless or not, but maybe he's seen the cross oh, on the back. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, but I, I, they never kill him. They never kill him. Because the, the logical thing to do, if you're a henchman of any kind and you've got James Bond, just shoot it. Just shoot him. Just don't <laughs> talk. Don't monologue. <laughs> none, just shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the head. Shoot him a couple of times in the head. Yeah, Make sure he's great. really dead. Don't shoot him and in the then chest. go and report back to his brother. He's so dead. Look how dead he is. Here's his, his head. head. That's how dead right. he is. I know you may have preferred him alive, but think about it. There's a chance he would have escaped. He would have you know, thwarted your plans. Just kill him. But I, I just said it's not going to happen. So you don't think that's going to happen? No. Okay, so you think they're going to maybe try and kill him in some way? Yeah, they're, they're either going to recognize him and try and take him back to the brother or maybe try and assassinate him, but he's going to escape. Okay, cool. Let me tell you what actually happens. Okay. Oh, no, it's dicks, isn't it? <laughs> Let me just say, if you had guessed what was just about to happen, I would give you a million dollars. Great. Okay. Hagen awakes the next day. To find himself <clears throat> sewn inside the carcass of a donkey. I'm going to go. I'm just going to. I'm going to head it. You finish this podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Sewn so, into the carcass of a donkey, left to rot in the sun. All right. His head. Where do you think his head pokes out? The ass. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, his hands. Uh, are there legs? I like poking it up next to the legs. Wait, so his arms are coming out of the thing. They're yeah. not in the legs, though. No, no, no. Oh, right, of, right, right. So he's, coming, he's wearing yeah. like a, uh, a suit. Yeah, a donkey suit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So, of suit? course, this attracts hyenas and jackals. Why would they? Yes, yeah, so these jackals are all around him. These hyenas are nipping at him. He begins... <laughs> How do you think a man of this size... Would get out of this predicament. Well, I've, I know he's hulked out of uh, armor before, yes. so I dare say he's gonna hulk out. <laughs> he, be- he, be- he begins to flex <laughs> his muscles. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and the ju- the juices from the carcass <laughs> start to loosen his bones. <laughs> Just as the animals start to become bold enough to start nipping at his legs, he managed to squeeze his hands out of his bindings and flex one last time to burst out of the carcass like some demigod being born again. Wow, now we know where Ace Ventura got it from. You, you seriously, you mentioned that, and yeah. that was the, one of the things that I thought of as well. Yeah, it, it's a less comical, though not uncomical, no, no. <laughs> version of the scene from Ace Ventura. Okay, so oh, he, 
It's it's funny because this this script seems to find something that it likes and then it just does it again. Yes. It's happened a few times now. And yeah. this is the second time he's flexed out of a situation. This is obviously they've had Arnold in mind. Yeah. Like this is this is his bread and butter. And and again, to show the influence that it's obviously had in screenplays, fast forward all the way to Fast and Furious Seven in which The Rock has a huge cast on his arm. Yes, he does. And uh, he says, Daddy's got to go to work. And he flexes out mm. of the cast. Now, that cast is a pittance <laughs> to a compared r- a rotting to donkey the, the things that Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is flexing out of in this movie. It's great. It's great. Come on. Come on, donkey. Let's do it. Go to flex. Get off. Get off. <laughs> Dan Jackals. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's what that's what Hagen is doing. But yeah, let's cool. let's check in what the princess uh, Lila is doing. Ravage me, and my father will have you stoned. I would not defile myself with a woman during jihad, and never with the daughter of a coward. This bird will carry a note to your father. It demands he abandon his pathetic effort at truce and launch war, unless he wants your lovely face cut away and sent to him as a remembrance. How do you suppose he'll react to a note scented by your perfume? Okay. Okay. So she, yeah, she's prisoner. Yep. But they—they're not going to damage her. No. Until okay. Okay. So they've sent a note yep. to the peace envoy, in, basically in saying, perfume. "Say, don't." Don't go peace, go war. Otherwise, I'll kill your daughter. Sort of thing. So set in motion. She's the means to an end. Correct. Yeah, exactly right. Now, Hagen has flexed his way out of the rotting donkey carcass, and he's how can we forget? How can we forget that? And he's tracked this small group um, to a small mosque in the middle of the desert. He comes up with a plan to attack and to to rescue the princess Leila. He sees a beehive in a tree nearby. Wait, is he, is he naked now? Uh, he, he's oh no, he'd, 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 he'd have he'd have rags and stuff. On yeah, underneath, yeah. just rotted now. Yeah, with just carcass, carcass right. flesh and stuff. But there's no time because he's seen the beehive. He grabs uh, he grabs a pike yep. from the ground and yep. he stabs the beehive, and then he proceeds to javelin the beehive <laughs> into the small mosque. This has some this fantastic is, creative. <laughs> Death sequence. It's really good, which then erupts into a swarm of of, of bees that start stinging everyone. Um, all the all the Muslims start running out into that, and, and in the confusion, um, Hagen manages to, to storm into the church, find uh, Leela there, and grab her up, and not only escape but also scatter. Javat's horses. So all his horses are gone. Right. So now Javat is is uh, he's stuck out there. Yeah. Um, Hagen then gets on his horse with Leila, and they start heading back. My uncle's estate is no longer safe. My father will be in Kassara, near the coast, trying to send envoys to the Crusaders. You must take me there. You'll be rewarded. My father is very generous with his slaves. I am no longer a slave. Does that mean you're no longer loyal? It means I am first of all loyal to myself. Listen, I have need of you and you have need of me. <laughs> ha. On your own, what chance do you have to find your fellow barbarians? Do you know the way? To the north. That's good. To the north. This is you. 
please, Effendi. Could you show me the way north so I can join the infidel invaders? They'll show you. They'll put your head on a spike and face it north. Take me, and you'll have your freedom. By my faith, I swear it. <sighs> so, which way is Caesarea? Follow me. Uh, so he's teamed up again. Yes. He loves a sidekick. Yes, so so Ari's of course went off yeah. in the other direction, so he needs someone else with him mm. to keep him in check and Which, to get him out of it, trouble. It makes me think that he's he's not a capable man. Yeah. That he does need someone with him at all times to be like, you know, you, well, you, you need looking after. He's got one way to get out of problems. Thing is, they've left him alone before, and he immediately got sewn into a car. <laughs> At the drop of a hat. <laughs> At the drop of a hat. You had one job to protect it, 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 the princess. If, if he didn't have someone with him, he would be dickless. Yeah, this, is, this like, is true. This he, is true. He does seem to need constant supervision. It's almost like some sort of deity is looking out for him <laughs> yeah, in maybe, some maybe. regard. Maybe. So now they've decided to to ride back to uh, Leela's father, who's back, meet them back um, just outside of Jerusalem. As they ride back, uh, they spend the night uh, chatting to each other and they get to know each other a little better. Obviously, there's been some sparks there. Um, did, they, did she ever get the report back from her, her mate that she sent over? Well, do, do we even know whether the, she sent the mate over? I think oh. I, I personally think that the slave just wanted a little bit of right. your father so, yeah, 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 yeah. off the books. So maybe he shouldn't mention it. Yeah, yeah, right. Ex nay <laughs> on the slave. <laughs> um so and um of course when they're travelling back they have to stay overnight somewhere. Mm. Um and of course being uh the biblical time, where do you think they might stay the night? Uh in in some kind of uh barn. Yeah, commonly referred to as an, a manger. A manger. <laughs> So now they're in because there's no room at the inn. Yeah, why well, not? They're in the manger at the back um, on the on the hay, and that is where they make love for the first time under the night sky Great, in the manger. There. Romantic, very romantic, um, and it also um, gives us the famous line that I wish I could hear Arnold Schwarzenegger say during the throes of passion: "Thank you, Allah." <laughs> Oh man, Which that would be really good. I'm very sad we missed out yeah. on that line. Because again, no, no need to explain why the Austrian man is yes. <laughs> praising. Oh, no need fantastic. to explain. They wake up the next morning, and Leela goes to get some water for um, the well that's just nearby. But then she's beset upon by Emic's men. The Crusading Knights she's have arrived. Been beset upon. There's always something happening in this film. <laughs> they pin her down and they go to rape her again, like is their MO. But just as the first man is leaning over, coming bearing down on top of her, from the uh, the front view, suddenly a pitchfork bursts through his face. <laughs> Hagen has arrived just in time and speared the would-be rapist from afar with a pitchfork from the barn. He then runs down, slices his way through the other men. He frees Leela, puts her on a horse, slaps it, tells her, ride, ride to your father now. As she rides off into the sun, he turns around. He's surrounded by more of Emic's men. The Crusaders have all come and come over. And uh, what do you think they do? Well, it, it seems like this, this movie has a pattern. Yeah. So Big time. Yeah. They're, they're, it's not going to go well for them. No. It's not going to go well for them, or he's going to get beaten unconscious. 
Yeah, of course. And in this particular instance, he gets a bit unconscious because <laughs> they need to move him to a different location. It's funny because there's a, there's a movie, quite a bad movie called Night and Day with Tom Cruise. Yes. Oh, and, yes. And, and yeah. there's a there's a, this weird plot contrivance in that it's Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz that she passes out in in high like tense situations. But they keep using it as a way to just get out of a scene. scene yeah. They'll be in some unwinnable circumstance and then she'll pass out and then she wakes up and, and he's just like, fine. I got out of it. Don't yes. Worry. And this and, and is this, very- If they're like, we need Hagen to get somewhere, but we don't want to sh- have to go shoot those locations. Knock him out. Just and- knock him out and he <laughs> wakes up. wake up at the new location. Because in this case, he wakes up in front of Emic. Oh, at the course. Crusaders camp. So now he's that back a lot at of the Crusaders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are hundreds of tents around them. And he's, he, he opens his eyes, he's bound at the back, and he sees Emic smiling. And he says, I wanted you to be awake for this, as he slams a mace into Hagen's crutch, right, as hard as he can. He then points to his disfigured face, and he brings the mace, sort of, he sort of rests it against Hagen's face there. And he goes, this is what you did to me. Imagine what I'm going to do to you. Hagen then lunges forward at the last second and smashes into Emic, and the, the mace sort of goes flying. Suddenly, bells ring out. Yeah? One of the priests, the high priest, Adamir, he approaches. Is it true? Has Hagen returned? The, the, the son of God, Hagen, has returned to us. <laughs> Hagen uh, then begs the high priest. He says, these Muslims, they do not seek death. They, they're, they're, they're happy to, uh, to worship with Christians. We can all get along. We can all worship in peace. We don't need to, to, to fight with them. They will not attack us unless we do first. The priest then looks at Hagen, he touches his face, and then an arrow hits his chest. The priest falls to the ground. They look up to the surrounding desert. Archers and horsemen have surrounded them. There is a Muslim army has appeared. They look around from one to the other. They look back at the hilltop. Suddenly raining down arrows <laughs> enough to block out the sun very 300 yeah, yeah, yeah. very very 300 um, suddenly everyone starts screaming and running in every direction they see Javat and his army with Eben uh, the princess's father holding a note that was delivered from the pigeon they've decided to go to war of to course. save his well, daughter yeah suddenly the battle erupts Emic their battle with Hagen is forgotten they now need to fight side by side. Crusaders are flying one way or the other. Muslims are firing arrows as fast as they can. Um, Muslims then charge down the side of the desert. Crusaders are running to try and get their weapons. Uh, everyone is, is going crazy. Hagen grabs a scythe. He starts cutting down all the Muslims around him. He looks like the Grim Reaper himself. <laughs> he mows them down left and right. Now, this fight scene goes for a long while. The rest of this film is pretty much one big fight scene. (laughs) So just prepare for that. Great. Yeah, good. We cut between Emic disemboweling Muslims, knights being shot off their horses mid-gallop. The camp is in tatters. Crusaders are cut down. Muslims are shouting, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Hagen continues cutting off arms and legs. Hagen then, he starts grabbing bits of armour off the ground. He sees a, a, a sword from a fallen knight. He grabs that as well. There's a crusader helmet. He's slowly starting He's putting on armor. to putting on armour <laughs> to be the crusader that he was born to be. Then flaming arrows start hitting the crusader camp. Everything is now on fire. 
He, he looks around, Hagen, left and right. He sees three archers coming down the hillside. He grabs his broadsword and <laughs> shish kebabs all three of them <laughs> in one. Yeah, great. Monks run and yell. They pray to the heavens. This is our punishment. God has forsaken us. The crusaders are retreating en masse. But from the black smoke and the, the sun in the sky, a huge mounted silhouette appears. A crusader knight on horseback, cutting down Muslims who attack him. He's unstoppable. Cutting down three, four, four Muslims at a time. The knights, they see this shadow warrior and they stop and they look to the heavens. God is with us. Turn and fight. God has sent us a champion. Fight, fight. They turn with new vigor and passion. They, they run straight back into the Muslim threat. It's Hagen on top of this horse. Of holding his hand to the heavens. Fight for your lives. Sorry, that should be more. Fight for your lives. <laughs> Follow me. The Crusaders fight with new faith. They charge the Muslims. They turn the tide of battle. In the close quarters, the more heavily built Crusaders have the advantage. The Muslims are being cut down left and right now. Seeing the tide turning, Javat takes his horse and sneaks off into the night. After, after fiercely fighting, finally, the Muslims and Ibn surrender. They lay down their weapons. Hagen shouts, give them quarter and surrender. They're surrendering. But then Emek and his men are seen charging at them. Bloody Emek. They don't care about a surrender. They want to murder as many Muslims as they can. Ibn looks to Hagen and mouths, look after my daughter. They are then trampled underneath Emek's horses. Hogan shouts to the heavens. He looks around in disgust at the slaughter. He tears off his crusader symbol from his chest. Notice he doesn't flex it off this time. No, which missed is opportunity. Good. Missed opportunity there. Um, but this is this is how they've turned the tides of yeah. battle. But who really is the victor in this case? Well, it's funny because he he kind of is aligned with both sides in this battle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. Which it's curious, like who he's choosing to kill. Because in a way, he's like, these Muslims don't want to fight. But then when they come charging, he is kind of cutting them down. Well, yeah, well. well they have to. You've you yeah, got to protect yeah, yourself at yeah, the end exactly. of the day. And he's still thinking about Leela as well. Yeah, of yeah in the back of, of his mind. Hagen enters into the tent of the wounded Adamir, the high priest. He says he also fears his failed God. They have a moment together where they, they both feel that they're being tormented, that they've seen what has been done in God's name. This high priest then asks Hagen, he says, this arrow wound, I know I'm going to die. Yeah? So please, I feel like you have the spirit of God <laughs> with you. So go to the holy city, take the true cross in the holy septum and be the one true religious ruler for good. Okay. Now the rest of the crusader army arrives at Jerusalem walls. So remember, this was outside Jerusalem. Yep. This was like at their campment. Right. So now with this renewed vigor, they've arrived at Jerusalem. Now, Javat has taken over leadership of Jerusalem. He's snuck back there and he's still got Leela captive. She never made it back to her father. Yeah? Yeah. The Crusaders start making giant siege weapons to break down the walls. They start cutting down trees and start building things. Hagen sits in his tent He's just wondering what's what's going to happen. How is he going to get to the princess now? And then who should sneak into his tent? Ari. 
Please be Ari. Nailed yes, it. Because I was it. just about to say I miss Ari. Uh, yes, he's and, back. Uh, yeah, oh, he's fantastic. Back, baby. And of course, he has a hidden passageway to sneak Hagen into the city to rescue his betrothed. Now, the siege begins during the night. Giant fireballs are rocketed towards the Jerusalem walls. They have trebuchets. They have ballistas firing. <laughs> it's, it's quite a sight to behold. All the while this is going on, Ari and Hagen, they sneak into this, this little secret passageway that used to be an, an aqueduct for when they would do sacrifices. All the blood would flow down there. Of course, Ari used to play there as a child. Why, why didn't he? Yeah, of course. Why, why not? Me? Ari knows the ins and outs of everything. Yeah, massively. Now, just, just imagine this. They're walking through the city and giant parts of Jerusalem are crumbling around yeah. them. There's huge boulders being thrown up. Yeah. It's very much Return of the King. Yeah, if, isn't if you it? Think, yeah, yeah. If you think about that final siege battle, it's very reminiscent of that. And then, of course, because it's Emek and his men are out there in their own little thing, they start launching human heads of dead oh, Muslims of course. over the walls. I'm surprised in this movie it's not dicks. Yeah, well, yes, correct. <laughs> Very surprised. Now, Ari and Hagen, they find Javad trying to escape again. He's a very slippery little sucker. He isn't he? He's yeah. always going out the back door. He's trying to sneak out the back with the princess. Yeah, with Layla. kind of two villains, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. They've sort of got yeah both both sides of the... Because you want the, him to kill sides. them both. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, well, you won't have to wait much longer. Okay, anyway. So they see them leaving. And this is when Hagen and Ari say... They, they run out in front of them. They say, stop, stop. We're going we're gonna to have another fight scene now. Okay? So Javat... Is that what he says? That's the dialogue. Oh, yeah, that's stop, the dialogue. Stop. Yeah, stop, stop. We're going to have, have a fight scene. scene. <laughs> and they go, uh, what page are you on? <laughs> so Javat grabs two scimitars yep. and he jumps off his horse and he starts sort of swinging them. I don't know. I'm imagining General Grievous You're right, with yeah, four lightsabers. Like, like propellers. <laughs> yes, like propellers. Exactly like that. Now, at one point, Hagen, a giant, uh, a giant boulder, smashes into a wall of Jerusalem and all these this rubble all falls down on Hagen and he's sort of trapped underneath there. Flex his way out. Flexes his way out. Oh, he actually does. Um, just as, as uh, Javat is going to come in for the killing blow, he's got him sort of pinned up against the wall. He's holding one of his scimitars high above his head and then suddenly... His arm is chopped off from behind. <laughs> yeah. It's Layla with her own scimitar. Fantastic. And then she proceeds to decapitate him in front of Hagen, saving him yet again. It is. This is something that movies from the 90s were notorious for, which is what I'm, I, not to trivialise, but it's it's like token feminism. Yep. Because this character's been a damsel in distress and is that thing yep. like, we'll give him the one thing. Yeah. And that's fine. And she <laughs> kills her, the guy that's yeah. been holding yeah. her captive. Sort yeah. of stuff. Either way, great. Yep. Princess Leia. Princess Leia, yeah. yeah. Great she example. strangles Jabba the Hutt. Yes. Um, so now we've got our team back together. We've got our, our three our three back together. The Crusaders, meanwhile, have broken through the gates. Hagen and Leela are then swept up into the, the Holy Septum with the uh, the fleeing civilians. Everyone's running in there because they know we're probably going to be safe inside there. And But they lose sight of Ari along the way who gets sort of separated from them. Oh, no. Crusaders are now storming the city. They're burning down synagogues wherever they see them. It's, they've sort of gone crazy with bloodlust. Now this fire then jumps across to other parts of the city. The fire then spreads to the Holy Septum itself with everyone stuck inside. An old monk then approaches Hagen and asks him, You've been sent by God. Your size and your strength, we need you. We need you to save the cross. Come with us now. Hagen then steps into the fire. 
he approaches the remains of the true cross. <laughs> so this is the, the cross, cross of Jesus yes, Christ that they have here. Wow. So he goes to it. He goes to touch it. It's it's sort of charred and burns. It burns his hands as he as he grasps it. It's then it's it's massive. So he then picks it up. Yep. And places it on like his shoulder, back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar to where his scars yeah, yeah, were. Yeah. So is this? It's all coming full circle now, Cambo. I would love to see. There's a there's an opening montage to the movie Commando, where he's got a big log over his yep. shoulder. I I wish he had have done that with the cross. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it burns. That's burning into his back. He comes out into the courtyard with this burning cross, sort of on his back, scarring his body. The knights stop what they're doing immediately. They stare in disbelief. They dismount their horses and drop to their knees. They start marveling at this sign from God. All except Emic, who shouts, Kill Hagen! Kill him! Kill this traitor! Hagen he tells the monks, take this cross, hide it. Hide it for where no one will ever find it ever again. He then turns to face Emic one final time. Emic on his horse charges at Hagen. He's, Hagen then jumps out of the way at the last second. Uh, he turns round, he starts running back him again. Hagen's obviously at a disadvantage being on his foot, but he's quick for a big fella. He's going left and right. Emic doesn't have the reach to quite get him. He ducks behind columns. Emic starts yelling abuse at him as he chases him round. He then gets cornered in one side of the courtyard. Emic says, I have you now. He charges at Hagen. Hagen, at the last moment, jumps up, grabs onto a raised platform, and swings his broadsword with all his might, which is a lot. He then catches Emic just below his ribs and cuts him clean in half. <laughs> Probably in slow mo. In slow, yeah, yeah definitely. 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 The, we're left with the image of a horse with two legs <laughs> riding off down the street. I imagine Which is a great it's, image. It's going to be one of those like um, like blood fountains that you sometimes get in the- That goes- Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just exactly like two like legs that. spurting blood like a shower head. Up exactly the, yeah. right. Exactly right. Okay, Emic is dead. The knights have have looked upon this amazing sight mm -hmm. and have agreed that yes, we have sacked this city, but we have done all that we have came to do. We then cut back to Hagen and Leela packing for a long journey. They see Godfrey, the noble knight that we we met earlier. He is actually now being crowned king, but it is glory at what cost. He asks Hagen whether he wants to sit on his council and come with him. But Hagen, he's seen too many acts of vile and despicable means on, on both ends of the spectrum. And what really is in the name of God if you can do these horrendous acts? Then who should come to say their final goodbyes? Ari. Ari! I found a way out for my uncle and ten others. And you, no crown, no treasure? I will live the way that there was born to live, from the land. Sad. You had such promise as a thief. And these soft hands, princess tilling in the soil. They will harden, as we raise crops, and children. Eh, hey, come with us. No, I have my trade. And with so many pilgrims, it's good. Already I've sold three hairs from the beard of John the Baptist. <laughs> when you return with the bounty of your harvest, come find me. I'll either be at the mosque, the temple, or the sepulchre. 
where the faithful are gathered. Goodbye, my friend, and good luck. Ari, straight back into it. Loves it, mate. <laughs> He's such a good hustler. <laughs> and then as the, as the credits, before the credits start to roll, and then as the black screen appears, we get text that says, The monks of the Holy Septum refused to reveal the hiding place of the true cross, even under torture, and it was never seen again. Wow. But, but this movie doesn't show you where he put it. No, not at all. And so that is the end of Crusade, my friend. Interesting. So, so this was set in the early, like, was it uh, uh, what, 1092? 1095. Yep. I mean, the Crusades went for another 400 <laughs> years after this. It was, yeah. It was, this is like the was, very beginning this is the, of the This is the very start because yeah, they started yeah, yeah. in the 11th century. So this yeah. is like the first the first. Interesting. In it has, um, there, there's a lot of... Uh, Tropes of big Hollywood movies. I'm talking like Dances with Wolves and Avatar a yep. little, in which uh, someone is fighting for one side, goes native is yep. the term, goes native, and then discovers, oh no, the our enemy is actually not our enemy. Totally, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's peace here, and and then they go back and fight against their original. Yeah, like the all, Last all, Samurai. Last Samurai is another great example. Uh, there's that kind of archetype there. Uh, there's the classic Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just sticking out like a sore thumb, or flexing out like a sore <laughs> yes. thumb, uh, but but never being mentioned. Um, I, I do like the inclusion of Christ's uh, crucifix. Yep, love that, it. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but Ari stands out as my favorite. I just, I, I, who could you think of someone a good casting choice for him? Uh, yeah, I'm trying. The nineties. Uh, you yeah. need you need because he's quite a wise man. Yeah, but he's he's that he's that like used car salesman sort of yeah. like, like guy. Yeah, I, it's hard to tell because I can think of people now that would be good. I'm imagining someone like um, uh, John Leguizamos. Yeah. You know, he played Luigi, <laughs> Luigi in the Mario movie. <laughs> that sort of guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Can you think of any, anyone else? No, yeah, out? that's right. Because how old are you picturing Ari? I'm like. Are you like picturing quite of, young? Yeah, well, like late twenties, sort of yeah, thirties. Okay, yeah, that, sort of, he would yeah. be. He would are you, be are you picturing older? A, a little bit, maybe like so, because they seem kind of brotherly. Yeah, that's so true. I was imagining kind of, I guess, similar age to yep. Arnold. Oh, you know, you know, it would have been great, especially Danny DeVito would have been great. Danny DeVito would have been great. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, the, like the twins reunion. This is the spirit, spiritual sequel to Twins that we never got. It would have been amazing. Because he does seem like the kind of guy that would flog kind of counterfeit stuff. Yeah. But especially because I knew that they hated each other at this time. Imagine if he was played by a Sylvester Stallone. Oh, wow. Now that <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> hey, no, no. It's Right. Well, let's just a few more things just about the film. So obviously, Paul Verhoeven directed it. Yeah. Um, famously subverting sort of a lot of genres in his previous works. Yeah, yeah. So if you look, think about the the way that he looks at corporate business and Total Recall and mining the planets and all mm. that sort of and stuff. And Robocop as well. And Robocop with the police force. And then you've got the American American um, military complex in Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers, which is spot on like yeah. an amazing and for this just quickly about Starship Troopers I love the fact that he made it a satire but the original book wasn't a satire, satire. and the author apparently hated it oh massively because he's essentially he's like I'm going to adapt your book and then did nothing but make, make fun, fun of, of the it. book yeah <laughs> and when you really dig into that film the amount of of comedy that is in yeah. that film I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking oh it's just a cool alien 
like movie no, and stuff like that. No, it's a spot on satire. It's so good. And and I love the idea because they, they made sequels to it, but uh, he wasn't involved in the sequels no, and the all. author got kind of got control again. And they're just straight, straight up action films. They're yeah, terrible because they don't have movies. that layer of anything. And that's what you need. Like, um, <laughs> do you want to know more? <laughs> it's a great so I, I So I do think that it seems like this would have that similar layer, but about religion. Exactly. And that's sort of, if you look at the fields that he's sort of gone to, that's a natural progression. Yeah. That sort of and, thing, which and, would be great. And both sides uh, were kind of hypocritical. And that's, and I think that's what they were trying to get to that point of, yeah, you can do anything in the name of God. Mm. It doesn't mean you're right. And the actual acts that you're, uh, that you're betraying and that you do every day is what is actually reflecting yeah, it's like this on who hypocrisy. you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting. And it, so this this is said to have a budget of a million, a hundred million dollars. Yep. Uh, and you can see that budget on the page. Oh, in fact, to the point where that's more than a hundred million dollars. Like naval battles, city sieges. Well, let's talk on that because okay. this is one of the reasons why this film didn't actually happen. So the main thing, so studio, what is um, Calico? Yep. Yeah. So they were worried about costs sort of spiraling out of control, and they actually asked for a guarantee that you were not going to go over the hundred million at all. Yeah. So with that in mind, they sort of had this big sort of um, uh, meeting with uh, Paul and Arnold. And Arnold, I've actually got a quote here Great. from um, from Arnold that I'll just go through now. He ex- sort of explains the meeting. It was all written and ready to go, but Paul started going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is there it is. <laughs> there it There's is. what happened. <laughs> so we had the final meeting with the studio and we were all sitting at this boardroom table. They said, so the budget's $100 million. That's a lot of money. And obviously we talked at this time. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. huge. Um, what kind of guarantees do you have that we will get it for $100 million and it won't get up to $130, $140, $150? So Paul then says, what do you mean guarantees? There's no such thing as guarantees. Guarantees don't happen. And if anyone promises you guarantees, they're lying. We don't even know that if what we actually want to get out of this. We don't even know someone could get hit by a truck on the street. You can't guarantee anything in life. There's no guarantees that we're going to make it till tomorrow. I cannot have, I cannot, <laughs> then he goes in, this is when he goes nuts. I, I, I cannot have total control over God. I don't even believe in God. Why am I talking about God? But someone's <laughs> nature could just rain for three months and then what do we do? It's raining. It's God's will. How can I, how can I give you a guarantee? This is ludicrous. And then Arnold goes, I just kept kicking him under the table. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get him to shut up while we were why, ahead. Why didn't you just say, sure? Because at that point, if you run out of money, they're 100 mil deep. What are what they going to do? do? Exactly. So he says, but he just couldn't stop. He just didn't stop. That was the end of the movie. Paul always tried to be honest, but you can be a little too honest sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's why the project didn't go ahead. And Arnold wow. says it was such a shame. Yeah, it is a shame because this seems like the kind of thing, and I'm aware of how old everyone involved is now, the kind of impossible project that Netflix just seems to be like, yeah, make it. Oh, yeah. And so, and well, it comes up. Like, does it still have life? Does We mentioned Dwayne Johnson, yeah, The Rock. Yeah. And what about, okay, so I'm going to add this little little cherry on top to this little, sure. this sordid tale. And this is... This is the truly the most ironic thing to happen okay. at the end of this. So the studio that you remembered that wanted a guarantee yeah. on on the money that they were going to spend. So they were at a crossroad. And this is like Calico. They sort of said, okay, you've got to make it for this much money yeah. or we're not making it. They ended up passing on Crusade to instead make another film, a film 
called Cutthroat Island, <laughs> starring Gina Davis, yeah, yeah. Um, which ironically became one of the biggest flops of all time, yeah. costing $115 million, pulling in only $10 million in ticket sales and bankrupting the studio <laughs> completely. How about that for divine intervention? Yeah, in fact, Cutthroat, we talked about Pirates of the Caribbean um, last episode. And the Cutthroat Island is the movie that people would quote to say that Pirates of the Caribbean was going to fail. Fail life. Because they said, yes. well, look at Cutthroat Island. No yep. one watches pirate movies anymore because it was such – that and there's a movie called Heaven's Gate. Uh, That's the other big Infamous one. Yep. for not only being flops but destroying the companies that produced them. The question we always ask, Cambo, yes. is do you want to see this film? Would you want to see this film get made? One thousand percent correct. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see this film, As, especially because sometimes uh, when we talk about movies uh, like Alien Three, for instance, is that trade-off of like, well, this would theoretically replace yep. what you, but this has no consequence and only benefit. Yeah, to it's, it. It is just an amazing little gem yeah. in the night sky, and, and I, I can't imagine in the nineties that it, it would have been um, uh, very. Uh, Shall we say culturally aware of what it was doing? Well, that's delicate. I don't think the female characters, but I do think just for the entertainment value of seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger's flex out of any situation he finds himself in before getting unconscious to move to a new location. I think it's an amazing. Absolutely, I'd love to see this movie. Yeah, this is right up there for me with with uh, the. The gem that was never, never quite got there. I'm so frustrated. And, and and honestly, I don't think it's one of those films that you could make today. God, no. Well, we've come to the end of part two of the cancelled movie report for Crusade. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'd love it if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. It really does help us get discovered in the charts. It would also be terrific if you could give us a five-star rating or most important of all, tell a friend. We're completely independent here at the Council Movie Report, so your support means the world to us. What did you think of the movie? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all the socials. And hey, maybe you've got a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? You can fill out a form in the episode description alerting us to a project and we may give it the Cancelled Movie Report treatment. I'm Michael Campbell. I hosted and edited this episode. Eden Porter was my co-host too, and we both produced the show. We would like to thank our special guest, Joe Godet, who played Hagen in these Crusade episodes, as well as our entire amazing voice cast, all of which are listed in the episode notes. And make sure you keep listening next week, as our next cancel movie is Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. Here is a little sneak preview of that. That's oh, not yeah. actually in there. No, that that is in this script. A joke about a young, Attempted impressionable suicide. lady trying to commit suicide because her older mentor that's taken advantage of her has, like, refused her. But that is not until next time on the Cancelled Movie Report.